You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We've got the kiln fired up. We've got the furnace prepped. We're about to unsheath the laser fire of Torah. Yes, Rizcha Daraisa is coming your way. But first, you've heard me on this platform touting NRS, a great company whose many dedicated employees I get to see in action. NRS Pay has recently launched its new cost-cutting program called Cash Discount. The way it works is any vendor using NRS Pay Cash Discount has their sale register tabulating automatically a dual pricing, which offers customers a choice of a cash payment, which could result in an up to 4% discount over swiping their card. If your business meets the $18,000 a month threshold, there's absolutely no monthly fee to incur. NRS Pay Cash Discount makes it less expensive to accept credit cards, so you'll save money while helping your customers save at the same time. NRS is offering a time-limited deal right now on this state-of-the-art system. You'll get a free card reader with zero hidden fees, no long-term contract, and no early termination fee, which means you can switch your processing plan without penalty. NRS Pay is a proud part of the IDT Corporation that I've been associated with for over 10 years and has integrity built into its corporate DNA. I know its founder, its officers, and salespeople, and they truly stand by their product and will help you with live stateside-based customer service on any issue or question. Check nrspay.com for more information or call 833-289-2767. And now, Rishadaraisa, coming your way. Get ready. Tell them if it's the fourth day of Hanukkah, this must be Rishadaraisa. I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofel, and uh, we have chiseled out some time in between Hanukkah parties, visiting families, and other things to bring you the ultimate commentary on Jewish life, Hakarai, as people say. Rabbi Yosef sent me something which uh, I just viewed by a blogger, a writer, a video a fellow called Ryan Macbeth. I saw it somewhat as dampening the glow of the image that's being projected, I think, by almost all Jewish organizations of the courage, the determination, the Nesiras Nefesh, and the attempt to be as uh, moral and as, as, as great as possible uh, as a dogma of the Israeli military in this campaign, which is now... Uh, approaching its third month. And yet Ryan Macbeth uh, is pointing out that there are very, very serious cracks. By Yitzhia's betrayal, it says, uh, by the first war against uh, Sichon and O, uh, against Sichon, and the second war against O, it says, and Rashi comments that uh, the first time already the, the loot was significant, the second time the loot was uh, already uh, not significant and there for them because they had enough for the first time and therefore they just went around and uh, destroyed it. And but the, by Purim it says Babiza They didn't touch the Biza whatsoever. And uh, Ryan McBeth makes the point, very inter- interesting point, is that till the time of Napoleon it was pretty much Makubal that people looted and pillaged. And then at the time of Napoleon, for various different reasons from then to on. It's mostly against military uh, rules, certainly of Western nations, to uh, loot and pillage. And uh, 
in this case of the, the video, which evidently was making some rounds on the internet, the soldier is shown in a pallet in the store in Gaza, just not, knocking things off the shelf and breaking them and making fun of them. So um, I, it, I, 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 I'm not sure that anybody would have sanctioned that, that video, but uh, certainly it's something which, uh, in the spirit of uh, the uh, Purim battle, one has to understand that this is not something which is going to portray us well. Uh, you can comment if you want of the difference between Sichon, Og, and Purim, but certainly in the spirit of Purim, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. I'm not sure if you just want to be contrarian. It's Hanukkah now, and you want to you want to uh, put Purim up on a flag. You have Hanukkah something about design, but I have a final quote of Hanukkah. Go ahead. Yeah, okay, obviously there are no Suvim of Hanukkah, and that's part of why Hanukkah is... is, is yeah, okay, so again, a book that was written post the time, and it doesn't have the Gushpanka of Ruch HaKadosh and the Anshei Knesset on it, the Sefer Maccabim or Sefer Hashmanoyim. Uh, this was a a version of the battles. Uh, many of the uh, uplifting speeches of... Uh, of 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 Yehuda and the others, a little bit of a timeline, but you're not going to have pronouncements like you have from Megillah Esther. And and again, I think that the um, the psukim about Milchama uh, indicate that uh, whether it's the Parsha Vifastoyar or the Heterim that Chazal extract from Afil Kedile V'Chazire, that Jewish soldiers involved in a Mulchama uh, have the right to eat treif, even uh, if kosher is available, because that's part of the way uh, you pursue an aggressive war. And you're right, spoils of war and butchery during war uh, were, our, were, were part of all histories. And you know, I'm surprised you say, well, once Napoleon came, you know, things started, came to a halt. We know that's not true. Um, I'd say Ryan Macbeth said it. But I know enough about the Vietnam War, and I know enough about even the war in Iraq from uh, veterans and from congressional inquiries that, yes, there was that type of behavior that Ryan Macbeth decries and says must be called out, where individual soldiers engage in activities uh, that are clearly, uh, in, a, in a sense, we would call them uncouth, aggressive, vulgar, and terrible. But yet again, we're sitting here in our chairs holding our microphones, and not really in the uh, combat area. Uh, I'm not trying to in any way whitewash the fact that Ryan Macbeth, what he highlighted, which was this Israeli soldier that was going into a, a, a toy store or some sort of general store in the Gaza area, and, uh, and 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 like, you know, the Grinch that stole Christmas, decides to break all the toys and destroy them and to have a lot of fun doing it uh, as if, you know, we're going to destroy anything of value uh, within uh, the Gaza perimeter. And and the second video, although I didn't, uh, I, I think it comes too close to home, showing uh, some of the out-of-shape Hamas terrorists uh, stripped down to their undies, lined up because the Israelis needed to search uh, for weapons and search for other things. And the publication of these images uh, showing these um, these fellows in this embarrassing pose, I think your point is that this is not something that the Israeli army should sanction, and the individuals who using social media are posting this uh, are guilty of violating, I, I'm not sure what rule it is, but uh, the Abu Ghraib, the Abu Ghraib rule. Obviously, what can be Michalik? Of course, it's very different, and this is justified in many ways. 
But it doesn't help if Arabs look at it and get incensed and then decide, let's go kill some Jews. I agree. So your major point is, and I guess Macbeth's point is, that he knows that this goes against the Israeli code of conduct and that these incidents will be investigated and dealt with. But it's also important to have an open eye and see what's going on. No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that the Israelis uh, should should be careful not to let these things out, even if they feel it's justified because it's going to radicalize other Arabs and make them want to kill Jews. Any image of any uh, child that has been killed, any mother that's killed, any image of any of the funerals or of the of, of the of the the bodies that are piled up, of course, and that's already happened. These are crimes on the Israeli side. These are much worse. I, I don't see any difference. Um, I, I agree that this is uh, aggressive, grub, and stupid. I like I said, I think that throughout history. Uh, soldiers during war uh, are in a in a bind. Uh, their their, their amino- the animalistic tendencies are released. I don't see I don't, I don't see any animalism in these videos. Where do you see animalism in these videos? This is not done in the heat of battle. This is not this. And again, I'm not saying it's not justified. The the the, the strip search, it's justified. The uh, the other one is not justified. Going to the toy store, knocking the toys off the wall, that's not justified at all. So there's a difference between the two. But they're both very bad PR for Israel. I agree that this is disgusting behavior. And and letting it out is just adding twigs uh, to the fire. But that fire is already raging. And you're right. The, the, the strip search here and the toy store there, I don't think is really going to make that much of a difference. They're already lahashmet uh, laharig. So therefore, the call is going out from Rizkodor Raisa to anybody and everybody to not disseminate these pictures and these videos. And if you get it, keep it to yourself. And if you're a soldier, don't take them. I am just saying to you, I think you're making a, 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 a bigger a, a thing out of this than there should be. Baruch Hashem, as Macbeth points out, the Israelis are already on the case, probably uh, sending this guy back home and not letting him do this stuff and severely disciplining him. I gave an opening to say some terror. Why did you take the opening? Again, what happened between Mitzrayim and Shushan? Okay, so look, okay, so I, I again, it was a meatball uh, pitch, so I will hit it and hopefully get a triple out of it. Good. Bezos Mitzrayim, as Chazal point out, and the Psukim seem to indicate it, as actually, if you see, that this was part of the Avtoch of Brisbane Absorim. Bezos Mitzrayim was a way not only to rehabilitate and to give them a sense of ownership and to give them a sense of dignity, but also allow them to be menadev to uh, the Mishkan and turn them into human beings, not just avodim. So I think that's in terms of, of that Biza, the great Biza Sayam and Biza Yamsuf and the Biza during the Shloshes Yimeh In terms of when they were already when they were being loichem and they were being, they were taking Remember, this was this was what they were doing was actually being kovish. What was going to be Averayam, Averayarden, and was going to really have a din in many ways of, of Eretz Yisrael. You know, this was Klal Yisrael again uh, becoming an army and acting as independence. This was something that they would need to do under the leadership of Yeshua. You're right. Uh, the Psukim and Megillah Esther emphasized the fact that they didn't have to do it because that was a milchama where they weren't trying to establish a beachhead. They weren't trying to create a country. It was completely self-defense against the Sina Yisrael that had carte blanche to try to kill us. 
uh, taking taking the visa, I agree with you, would have made it seem like we went against them in order to to plunder, as opposed to seeing uh, the ne- uh, the of uh, of Purim as a way to be matzil klal Yisrael from the ideas of whether it's whether they are all amalekim or not. So you know, again, I, I think you know you mix and match history. You know, Klau Yisrael coming into Eretz Yisrael, Bismani Yoshua, I think it was important for them to be a normal army. It was important for them to, uh, they had shaken off the final dusts of Avdus. I want to ask an additional question. It says, right? They're not supposed to leave anything behind. Right. Can somebody justify what they're doing, knocking, uh, destroying a toy store on the basis of Okay, again, this is again a meatball pitch. Uh, and this really has to do with something we've talked about in the past about what is Mohammed Samolik and what is, can we identify the Hamas or anybody who takes up their cause, whether it was the PLO, Black September, or, or perhaps the armies that were organized against us in 67 and 73, do we have a right to call them Amolik? And um, this gets into a question which we've talked about on this program about is Mohammed Samolik a reality, Bisman Azeh, et cetera, et cetera. But Bisman, that we knew who Amolik was, part of Zechar Amolik, of, of being Timcha Zechar Amolik, is, is somehow the complete destruction on a mystical and physical level of this Bechina, this Klipa, this incredible power of Ra. Now, if Amolik still exists, like, you know, as it's been ascribed to uh, Rav Chaim Briskel, based on the Yerushalmi, that anybody who does Ma'is HaMolek becomes HaMolek. So therefore, do the Gedorim of Mulchemes HaMolek now apply in terms of total destruction? I don't think that's what Yerushalmi meant, and I'm not even sure if that's what Rav Chaim meant, despite the fact that Rav Yosheber quoted it a number of times. I think what that means is, is that the 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 aspect of Ra of Amalek, the complete Hisnagdus to whatever Klal Yisrael is about, that demands not just like Rav Hirsch would say, uh, a philosophical, emotional rejection, but actually, yes, a physical attack, that still is around. Does that give any war with Amalek? which, uh, assuming you want to label it Amalek, the right to destroy completely and totally? No, it doesn't. I, I think if the, what the Yishalmi means is that Amalek's not gone, that there's the beginning of Amalek has poisoned and it's still around. And sometimes, yes, we have to be aggressive and and, and battle uh, with the same sort of fervor. But not, it doesn't have the same halachic status of what happened in the time of Shoal and Agag. No, I don't think so. But I think, especially in the 50s, and in the 60s, remember, that was still the shadow of, of World War II. In 1967, when, when the Six-Day War erupted, so many people drew a direct line from what was basically just 20 years in the past in terms of, once again, they want to destroy all Klal Yisrael. So I think when the Rav was saying the, um, the modern-day Amalek and the Amalek of the Nazis, the Amalek of the Arabs, it was easy to compress that all together, and it, it resonated in his audience. I'm not sure if the Rav sitting there in, you know, in, a, in a halachic chair, uh, if he would have to be the, the, the Rosh Sanhedrin, would say, okay, Let's, we're going to do this, Muhammad, and kill out every single person, Minar Vadzok and Vitaf and Oshim, and all the behemoths as well. Of course, I don't think he would say that. 
you know, on, on the theme of Melchama, Rabbi Yosef, you know, many people during Hanukkah use whatever the Melchama of the Hashmanoyim was uh, for their own purposes. However, you know, I, I, you know, saying Hallel today, when we know that the, the, the soldiers that we were just talking about are, are still in so much Sakana, um, whether it's reservists or, or the frontliners. And, and I think that normally during saying Hallel, you know, we, 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 we try to tap our toes and try to uh, uh, become as, as labidic as possible uh, to sing these Kapitlach, which is, from, of course, from Kufyud Gimel to Kufyud Ches and Tilim. And, and I think sometimes what's overlooked, Rabbi Yosef, is the fact that there's a lot of darkness in in, in the Kapitlach. And I think that the, the darkness, although there is, of course, you know, a, 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 a hope for Hatzalo, but there are some pretty strong phrases, which I think should resonate to to our Hevra. But when we have a Fune Hevli Moves, and Mitzori Shol Motsuni, Tzorvi Yoged Emtza, V'Shem Hashem Ekro, Malta Navshi, and that's in Kuf Tezayin, uh, and Kufyud Ches, uh, where you have after the Hoidel Hashem Kitoiv, you have Minametzar. You have people who are in distress. Uh, you have the idea again not to be Mibtayach Binedivim, Kol Goyim Sivavuni. Again, it's not all the Arab armies, but still there is this you know uptick in anti-Semitism. The fact so many nations condemning Israel, condemning Medina Israel, and then basically you have Evan Moshe Abaynim. I mean, has there ever been uh, the bainim of the world? Have you ever seen the meus the way it's been uh, directed in this period? And and, and generally, you know, it's true when we, we we take the lulav like we're 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 still thinking about the the psak din of Rosh Hashanah. But generally, you know, on every Rosh Chodesh, when we say you know, it, it's not exactly you know a toe tapper. It's because there are we need we need we need to be saved. We need God's help. So so I think the Hallel, especially again during this period, I know you thought it's not much of a point, but but I think that that the Hallel can be can can be much more powerful uh, during this period. I think we should ban all the Yigunim which are not Kalabach. I want to mention that once you're on the topic, I want to mention that when I was already in MTA. So there was one Hanukkah, one of the fellow got up from the students, 11th grader, and he sang Todul uh, Hashem to the Torah. I forget if it was Jingle Bells or something even more uh, Christmassy. Maybe it was even Frosty the Snowman. I don't remember what it was, but he did use that nigga for, for Hodul for Hodul. And I, I said, I want him suspended. And, uh, in the end, I don't know if he was suspended or he was severely rebuked. The irony is that several weeks later, he was transferred to my shear. And we actually became very close over the over time. So, uh, but yes, I was, uh, there is this tendency, which I agree with you and, and is manifest here in the extreme to frivolize. Uh, Basically, every, every Baltzvilla tries to insert however he can, however awkwardly, a, a tune that he believes will either bring people to their feet, uh, get people involved, but doesn't necessarily align with the words that, that, that of Hallel. Well, there's a, there's a deeper issue here, which is the, which is the uh, sociological issue, which is when the Young Israel movement came along, the Young Israel movement decided that we're not going to have professional chazan. And we're going to have 
any any time they could harry the services. And there's an alley of the Kitzvah, which is on the one hand, everything became much more participatory, participatory, and everybody was involved. Besides that, you save money and not having to have a full-time chazan. But on the other hand, it means that everybody who had every time they can have any third type of uh, the, the illusion of grandeur, thinking that they're actually chazanim and that narrative gunim are possibly uh, uh, the God's gift to uh, to the services, which should be uh, allowed to, would be allowed to dive in and be allowed to mess up hollow on a regular basis. The history of chazanus is shorter than most people know. Again, especially the the glory and great years, and many of the chazanim were as guilty as the the modern day uh, Jingle Bells guy in terms of not understanding the words they were saying and trying to create a tune and a song uh, that people would be caught up with. Uh, part of you know you, you know the the extolling the sort of like almost the the Godelador status of Yosela. Uh, Rosenblatt was that uh, he brought a sensibility and an understanding uh, to the tefillah that perhaps other chazonim didn't have. So chazonim themselves, you're right, there was a period that you always had a chazon, but even the, the, the chazonim themselves were known as amaratzim. But so, so, so what I would say is, look, you know, th- this is always a mixed bag. And, and I think chazal are aware of it. And, and again, I'm going to say something, a shtiklapikorsis here. Kufyud Gimel the Kufyud Ches is like plug in for every nest. Like, okay, it's it's Pesach, it's Hanukkah. Uh, it could have been Purim had it not been for the Megillah, right? It's Rosh Chodesh, right? It, it's almost like you plug it in in places. Well, okay, I, I understand. Like, what am I singing this on Rosh Chodesh for? What is this minig about? So, so, I, so I think what happens is is that that we don't have the right to be like conservative Jews and say, okay, well, our hollow is going to be different for every yom, and therefore it's going to take on a different surah depending on the period. Well, I know the Yekas do do that. I don't know if they do for hollow specifically, but they do have different nigunim for every, even every shab, different different shabbosos for the chadodi. So I assume they have different nigunim also for the hollow. Right, and, 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 and I think it's probably, again, with you, whatever you want to call it, 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 part of it is is that the words become meaningless. Again, I, I mentioned some of the words: the chisani, the chesunpol, vanoyos aradi, bafuni chavli moves, b'shem Hashem ki amilam. Most of us, because we're so used to saying it, Rabbi Yosef, and again, we have to step back to start having kavana. But so therefore, we know. Oh, today's halal. Okay, what? What? It's halal. It's it's Hanukkah. Let me insert Hanukkah thoughts into into this this kapitlach. And I think, you know, therefore, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's strange in a way. Look, there's no question about it, that the range of emotion and feeling that we have in Psuke de Zimmer every day is a lot more expansive and covers much more ground uh, than what we have in, in, in the Halel HaSholem. But, you know, I, I, I think more learning will help. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to be a no fun uh, advocate and say, all right, you just got to do Nusach. You just got to do Nusach. If you just do Nusach, most of the people are just going to basically, you know, run through it and not have any regish. I, I will tell you, by the way, just about Karlbach. Karlbach said to his confidants that he could have been more Allah, let's say, the Moshe Tzarebbe and others, and develop what you know they call operas, you know, and the other things, what they call it, a much more 
complicated libretto. But instead, uh, Karl Bach felt with Leman, his audience, it, it had to be the type of song that you could get after listening to one or two times. And that's what he tried to do. In other words, he was mitzamtzim himself. He, he blunted his fine musical sensibilities in order to come up with songs that, like Hazar and Bedima, sounds almost exactly like Oyd Yishoma. I think all Karbach songs at some level sound more or less the same. But, but, uh... Right, so, which again, in a way, yes, oh, I love Karlbach. But on, on another level, it really, in a way, limits our, our musical involvement. You're right, Young Israel is about everybody joining in. The Chazonim was about being inspired and, and hearing a, a beautiful baltfila, uh, being able to reach certain notes and elevate. We have to say the Chazonim was a phenomenon which was related also to Amaratsus. Obviously, that the, the, the young Israel, raising young Israel, Chazonim, because they wanted the Mispalim to be more knowledgeable. They wanted people to be able to, uh, dive into the armor as a sign of their prowess in their accomplishments in being able to uh, use Hebrew properly and dive properly, whereas the shuls the, the, where there were chazanim were generally shuls where many of the Baobatians, not most of them, were not able to actually function as. Uh, but, but, but I think it's evolved in a way that since we now rely on Bali Tefillah almost to dive in every Shabbos, and you know there's about, let's say, in a, in a shul of about 200, there's probably about 25 good Bali Tefillah who have a decent voice and have good nusach. But what happens is, is that the tefillahs b'yamehachol, if there isn't an ovel, really turn into the Wild West. The idea of having a, a, a chazan, although it, it, was a, it was a big expense, really meant that you were going to have, as you see in Shulchan Aruch, a certain level of professionalism, a certain level of understanding, and a certain ability in terms of havora and nusach. And I think that's been lost. And you can see that very often. In, 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 in some places, of course, in the Yekisha places, the Avelim didn't daven for the Omen. Uh, the Avelim would get uh, a Kaddish at the end. Mm-hmm. There was a certain idea that the people who stood in front of the Omen pronounced things well, had good elocution, were able to project, and in many ways, I think, brought a stability that has been basically wiped away. I, I think in general, we, 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 we have this egalitarian if it was from young Israel, then I think that's a like again a, a fruit that I don't think is, is really so so positive. I, I think people should be should be happy, in a way, to sit back, let the chazan articulate the tefillahs. Yeah, there there is something about listening. There is something about sitting back, and not having to raise your voice and sing together. You know, and again, if you look at the the, the Siddur Hayavitz and other places where he's mazir against these balabatim who raise their voices during Chazor Zashatz, uh Mincha in general, Mincha and Shabbos, right? Like everybody believes that they have a chiv no matter where they are. I don't know if Anche Palisades is that way. Just listen to the Baltfil, okay? You don't have to you, you don't have to like 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 help him out. And you don't have to like, oh, I know that part. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Like it, it's 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 really it comes from an immature inability to concentrate, and, and not being able to really just be makshiv and and allow the words to gain more powerful meaning when you're listening and not singing and talking when you're listening to someone the same way you can see people crying when they hear a Puccini opera 
because not just the beauty of, of Pavarotti, whoever is singing, the people who know what the words mean and they realize what's there, we, we've lost a lot. And I think that that's, again, you know, it's, it's true about the Hallel, whether it's a Hanukkah Hallel. And it's true, you're right. It's true about Tfilis in general. I will mention that Anshay Palisades last week, well, as we know, on Pesach, there's become a tremendous minag Yisrael in recent years to all participate in Kohela and the, uh, and the, uh, waning. So in Anshay Palisades last week, they did all, they all did Kohela. Take care, everybody. Hopefully this drops during Hanukkah and have a free look, and we'll catch you guys next week. Be well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.